I'm not sending out any type of energy into this world or any type of energy into my podcast where other people can obtain some knowledge from because I don't want to push anyone away. I want every podcast that you guys listen to to pump you up, give you some realization and be like, you know what? That helped me right there. That one thing that he said, I gained When you don't have enough time, all that means is that you're not utilizing your time and that's what a leader does. So when you're going through something, you know, something's not going right in your life, there's no one else to blame. No, Why the hell are you gonna work 60 hours a week for someone else to accomplish their dreams and then go home and go to sleep? And then go to sleep. Fuck no. I'm gonna work nine to five, work my ass off there, then come home and dedicate three, four, five hours at night to my dream. You still get eight to nine hours of sleep My goal every night. is to educate, motivate, and encourage people to get off their asses and begin to believe in themselves. No more second guessing or waiting till tomorrow. We have to make it happen today. Join me in this movement. Let's get it done. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. My name is Nick Sorrenti. Uh We have a really special podcast for you guys today. His name is Tyrone Muse. He's the CEO of Visions Credit Union. Uh, one of the largest, if not the largest credit union in our area, Broome County. Uh, he was kind enough to take some time out of his day to really give his educational background on finances as well as his personal experiences in the financial field he's worked with he's worked for goldman sachs large extru- extremely accredited companies Fortune 500 um i think this is a really powerful and educational podcast and that's exactly why x tied to do me this favor it's because out of school i feel like a lot of millennials are struggling with figuring out a, a successful financial path for themselves so i hope you guys enjoyed this interview and if you guys have any questions leave some comments in the youtube video on the youtube comments and uh let's make this happen hope you guys enjoy uh, hello everyone time muse president and ceo of visions federal credit union uh me and this dude uh we met at uh the barbershop rico's, rico's barbershop we had a lot of good barber talk uh he actually i actually became more familiar with you through that interview you did with Rico at the barbershop with uh, Jay Williams, with yeah, Jay Williams that's right, that's from right. ESPN. Uh, he talks a lot of barber talk, a lot of things go down at the barbershop, just talking about finances, basketball, sports, just in general. And uh, with this topic, what I'm trying to do here with you guys is a finance movement, kind of try to make you more educated on finances as well as his career and his background, how he became who he is, you know, the CEO of a, of a large bank is you know that's prestigious so he didn't just get there by doing one thing he did many things but the school did certain things to get him to become the accredited person that he is and that's why i appreciate you doing me this favor coming onto onto the show he's a great guy we're gonna be talking about a lot of things you know especially about you know internships that he may be involved with or would recommend for people that are interested in going to finances to do uh some investment possibilities some maybe mutual funds Mm -hmm. or iras for just the younger generation just to get a little head of the game you know because Finances are getting really important in today's world with debt, with college student loans and everything. It's so. huge. You know, I, I often worry about that. Um, you know, when I first got to the credit union, we saw for these student loans up to $70,000. And then I, I just said we have to stop it. We actually dropped it down to 35000 really? So some people were upset saying, hey, what do you mean my college costs more? And I was saying, you know, I'm challenging you to find a, a new alternative because yeah. I don't want you leaving day one. $70,000 in a hole. Like, yeah. that's a mortgage, or that's, like, Absolutely. a really nice car, Yeah, it's right? a really, really so, nice car. So, you know, I just that's wanted to true. change their angle and the way they looked at it. And since then, I mean, the average student debt is probably between twenty dollars to $30,000 anyway. Minimal. <laughs> right. So, I'm just trying to make you, force you to make some better financial decisions to set your life and career up better instead of starting the hole on day one. Absolutely. So, I know you have a passion for this, you know, how you I talk do. about everything. I, I know you love it. You have two beautiful daughters Thank that you. you take pride in. And yeah. So, what got you interested in your career? How did you start? You didn't just become the CEO. So what? Tell me, take me back from the beginning, maybe high school. I, you know, I really did, man. I, I tell the story to everyone, and you've kind of heard it from the side. 
that I really had no plan on this outcome. You know, when yeah. I was sitting down, I was doing sports. I was a basketball player, a track star um, down near Newburgh, New York, where I grew up. I went to Walker High athletes School. Down there. Yeah, <laughs> athletes. We put out monsters down yeah, there. Yeah, but what's your size? So I told I'm six foot four, but then I was 160 pounds. <laughs> so I had to give up well, that you football. Just lost, like, oh yeah, pounds. I did. You saw the way the shirts and the pants are bagging <laughs> on me. But uh, I can't wait to put some muscle back on. But you know, I I, I literally owe. A lot of my life and my career to um, my track coach, and it's funny how coaches are like that. I mean, oh, you're the same way. Yep. We talked about what the coaches meant in our life, and so one day I'm sitting there, and uh, I was I was a smart guy, but growing up in you know the late '80s, everyone oh, distractions, <laughs> sports guy. Uh, but you know, it wasn't cool to be smart either, like you know. <laughs> and so now it's cool to be yeah, smart, yeah, like yeah, yeah, you know. But it was like Will Smith was smart, and even he didn't act like he was smart. <laughs> So I was like, you know, I was really trying to kind of hide the fact that I was one of the smarter guys in, yeah. in classroom. And I think a lot of people were surprised when they saw the high school rankings come out. And I would hide behind jokes and hide behind sports. And, yeah. um, and then finally, you know, my coach uh, actually wound up talking to me and doing an accounting class. Uh, just saying, no matter what you do, accounting is going to be useful yeah. for you. And he was the only accountant I knew. So I'm like, okay, coach, I'll, I'll do this with you. And we're sitting down. And uh, he said, well, what is your dream? And I ain't going to lie to you, man. I said I want to be – I just want to run a bodega. You guys know what bodegas are? <laughs> I heard of a bodega. So if you grow up downstate, you know, it's a little corner store that has everything in it from, like, everything cigarettes to lottery tickets. <laughs> and all I know is that guy was the coolest guy in the neighborhood. You know, yeah. everyone came in. He knew everyone's name. Um, you know, all he did was sit there and watch TV, the soccer he matches. Was just, just chilling. Chilling. And he was making six digits, though. Like, you know, and from where I grew up, that was – that was big money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew a lot of people went to college and were broke. Yeah, so I was like, six just today's world. You know, oh, it's getting smaller, but it's yeah. still good. It's good comfort. It's a little more comfortable. Absolutely. So I was like, man, I'm just gonna own this bodega. And, and <laughs> <laughs> did you have a name picked out? <laughs> well, I, I was struggling because where I grew up was a political New York, so it was either gonna be Spanish or it's gonna be yeah. like I thought maybe throw a little black Jamaican flavor okay, to it. Okay. So I was gonna have some like oxtails or something was gonna oh, be in the name. But then oxtail's I want the, good. Oh, come on. We went to a place in Flatbush, me and my boy Lawrence, and we had some oxtail. Yeah, for real. It wow. was like legit. It was in the back. Yeah, it's, a, like, it's a Caribbean spot. Yeah, it, was, it was awesome. We could use some of that here. Yeah, it's a culture. Oh, we culture could use some of sure. that here. But so then my coach goes to me, Ty, I think you need to think bigger. And I'm like, bigger? So where I grew up, the biggest thing was ShopRite. So I'm like, ShopRite? And he's like, no, no, no. No, or for, for the people up here, it'd be like Weiss yeah. or Wegmans or something like that. And I'm like, oh, no, no. He goes, I mean bigger. He goes, I think you have a lot of leadership skills. If you think about all the sports, you're the captain. If you yeah. think about um, everything you do, people follow and listen. And you think about just the way you are. You're, you're always trying to take care of people. Yeah. And money has always come to me really easy. And he said, no matter what you do, take this accounting class, and I'm guaranteeing you it's going to help you in life. Because even if you own your bodega, if that's yeah. all you wind up doing with it, you'll know how to run the numbers. You'll know how exactly. math, you can learn how to make it profitable. Yeah. Um, so I said, okay, I'm going to do this plan. He sent letters to every college, I swear, on the East Coast. Really? I had some sniffs in basketball, but D1, it was pretty clear that I wasn't going to be able to still play a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even though I was 6'4", I literally had a 50-inch vertical. Yeah, but, you telling me that. You know, at, at, you know, 160 pounds, yeah, they would have moved size, no problem. That's the um, truth. And you know what? Everyone could jump. You know, everyone's fast, and they yeah. were quicker than me. So we started looking at track and field. And it was pretty clear I was D1 pretty much anywhere in the country yeah. if I wanted to do track and field. Yeah. So he found he wanted to find a school for me in Boston uh, called Northeast University. It wasn't too far from my parents. I love Boston. Yeah, it's a sports a city. School. 
Oh, now, was it always like a prestigious school like that? Yeah, you know, it's different. It's kind of grown, and, it, you know, everyone knew where I was, but it was known for its co-ops when I was growing up. So co-ops are pretty much like your internships that you did throughout college because okay. you would leave with, like, four quality yeah. co-ops. So, so when you though, left, that we want to learn about those yeah, internships. those things were, like, the best thing to set me up for any yeah. job that I wanted. Um, I want them going there because, again, another great coach, the track coach there was a guy named Mark Leck, and um, just a friend and a mentor. He, again, saw all these leadership qualities. He just thought, you know, Northeastern was the place for me with the co-ops. And he just thought really for real that I, I, I could have a really successful yeah. career in business and finance if I went there. So it was just a lot of faith, a lot of trust, um, and just thinking and meeting the guys on the team. And then, you know, still having a little bit of hoop dreams. They still yeah, had a decent sure, basketball sure. team that I thought maybe I could walk on if, uh, if the track thing wasn't where I wanted to stay. So you went strictly to accounting just because your, your coach said I didn't even know how to spell accounting when I got really? there. You know what I mean? You know, so wow. it, it – it wasn't the way I thought it was. I think I always thought accounting was just like the boring stuff. I had okay. the pocket protectors. Yeah. And then he just opened up the world. He's talking about forensic accountants and what the FBI hires. He thought it was just CPA, like CPA. Yeah, and even a CPA. You know, I want them getting my CPA. And that was a lot more exciting than I would ever imagine. I was going into like probably 100 companies in my first five years yeah. that I would have only, if I went to a private or a regular company, I would only yeah. be working with the same people. So I was meeting all these CEOs and CFOs Absolutely. of hundreds of companies, and they want to be in my network of friends and people who gave me advice and, and wow. kind of walked me through the next moves that I do in my career. Um, and then at Northeastern University, again, a, a professor named Philip Crotty, um, I don't know what he saw I me. Mean, I was taking his uh, philosophy class, and um, I was taking the test, and I already had 100 because he lets you do extra projects yeah. and stuff like that. And so in the final, I walked in, and there were four questions, and I wrote a fifth question. I just wrote in the back of the book why this class was so important. And I just wrote a letter to him, yeah. and I, you know, not thinking he was going to look at it. Yeah, was that dude. <laughs> you were that dude. And uh, oddly enough, he read the question, and he called me into his office like, oh, he doesn't like what I just did. Yeah. And he sat me down, and he said, you know, I really appreciate what you did. You know, you already had the 100, but you, you did all the questions. Yeah. And then you wrote this yeah. real kind letter to me about why this you know, business ethics was so important and why you were really trying to bust your butt in this class and do well. And then he said, you know, what do you want to do? So I pitched my bodega theory to him again. <laughs> so was this still part of the plan? <laughs> it was still the so plan. So you still, you want to go to yeah, get a I, I only had like three classes left for my senior year coming up next. It was about partying and getting my bodega plan, my business oh, plan man. right now. And, so it uh, wasn't even about... No, I was for real. It was I, just it's about bodega. That's it. It was all in bodega. Wow. Did you tell people that? Like, I'm oh, everyone knew. Like, you know, they no all way. thought it was they thought it was funny. Yeah. You know, and I would say it like tongue in cheek. You know, sometimes <laughs> you can see deep down in my heart, I still want yeah, to quarter love stuff. it, man. I don't, I don't know. I think I'm an entrepreneur at heart and I want to do some other business stuff. So um he sits down, I do the whole bodega theory. He goes, No, I need you to think bigger. I said, That's funny. My coach told me the same thing, but he didn't like shop right. He's like <laughs> He's like, no. He said, at that time, it was Ty. I really think you have the ability to be a CFO or CEO of any co company in the country just wow. on your leadership skills alone and just your dynamics, your ability to talk to anyone. Um, and he wrote out this plan, and he just started writing down where he wanted me to work. And I look back, I laugh. I should have kept the piece of paper. But I, I did email him uh, right before I took this job to tell him you know, he wrote out exactly this what this career was going to yeah. be. And he told me exactly where he wanted me to work. You know, he wanted me to go to PricewaterhouseCoopers at the time. It was either Coopers and Library or Pricewaterhouse. Um, then he wanted me to go to Goldman Sachs. And then he wanted me to go to G. I did that to exactly to the, to the, to the T, to the playbook. No and the way. reason he told me it was just they all had great experiences. They all would be great for my resume. But ultimately, he said that after I do those three companies, 
I could pick any company any I want to work yeah. in the world. Um, and it would just empower me to be in that position. And he, sure enough, he's right. I, I've been able to get every every, I've, every, every job, job I've applied yeah. for, I've gotten. But I think it's because of that background yeah. that he helped me build. It's um, the name, man. Yeah, those names the help. Names. You know, you, the pieces of paper help and the names help. Yeah. Um, but then the day, you still have to come in there with a little swagger, you know. Absolutely. Um, not arrogance, or you know, but just confidence that you can do the job. Yeah, your your ability, you're mm -hmm. capable of doing it. Absolutely. You belong. Yeah, that's that's the first part. Picturing yourself in that job. Yeah. Believe in a vision you could do it. I often give advice. The number one advice I give to people when they're interviewing is when you know you get done with the interview and then they ask you, well, do you have any questions? Is yeah. what the company usually asks. I always tell them, well, now that we've met and you've talked and you've seen my skill set, tell me how do you imagine me in the role? Um, the reason why I say that, pitching you in the job is the hardest part about getting the job. So maybe you got to get them. Right. So once it. they start pitching you in the job, you're halfway I there. I like that. Right. So it's just something I try to give advice to every. Uh, person I know that's I see awesome. coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Now, even though you had the whole bodega thing, the, <laughs> the whole game plan. Yeah. How did, how did your internships, such as I don't yeah. know what necessary internships you took or yeah. in college, that yeah. led to you kind of like, all right, maybe bodega isn't maybe. Yeah. Where I so go. my first real, you know, the first couple of years I was interning, I was just coming back uh, to my hometown doing jobs that weren't anything tied to my career. And it was just to make money. I was just looking yeah. at that paycheck. I was taking a job that was uh, paying, like at the time, nine fifty an hour, mm -hmm. over the job that was in my career that was paying seven. And because to me the short money looked better. Um, then actually, I met my my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and she brought up this. You know, again, other other people see my talents and my skills, and they're like, "You need to take this job because it's going to set you up for that job." Yeah. And so we started sitting down with a game plan. And and the first place I worked at was a hospital. I was working internal audit. Um, and I was bored. I did not like the job, yeah. but it was the stepping stone to understanding the business. And I wound up learning Old healthcare. Numbers. I wound up learning how all that worked really well, which then put me in a really good advantage when I went to apply for Coopers and Library because their client happened to be that same yeah. hospital. So they saw this connection, this ability to bring me in and, yep. and immediately have a, a stepping stone of someone That's else. what I try to tell people too. Is like It's not always about getting to plan A right off the bat. Yep. You know, you have to understand that your failures or maybe something that you don't want to do yeah. is going to put you in a position to be able to do the things you want to do in the long haul. Yeah, I think people always say the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. But I can tell you a life better travel is the one where you kind of kind of – Ping yeah, around a little it, bit and see a lot more absolutely. things. Absolutely, because it makes you more well, well rounded too. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Uh, and those experiences come in; they definitely come in later. Wow. Um, and so I think sometimes being willing to take a little bit less to get to the job that's going to help yeah. put you further Understand ahead. Understand it's going to put you in a better position. Yeah, look for the fast lane sometimes, right? So sometimes you might, you know, when you're driving a car and you're in traffic, if it's I watch people in traffic all the time, and they just keep hopping lane, 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 yeah. lane, and then we get down there, catch up to them, and right. we're right next to each yeah. other again. Yeah. So sometimes I've learned in life it's better just to stay there right lane wait for that opening but because you know you're getting off on the right yeah. and like the next exit so yeah. go ahead and plan to get off for the next exit yeah. stay, so the, stay in the same lane yeah you know wow. so what classes do you feel like you know the business ethics you yeah, said ethics but what classes important. do you feel like were most beneficial in some classes that you feel that maybe if you don't have to take don't mm -hmm. take yeah i mean no one likes to take accounting um even when you're an accounting major like yeah. i was but it's just critical man when you understand how people are doing their books and accounting, it makes you a better investor mm -hmm. um, in finance, anything in finance. Uh, looking back on other classes that I probably didn't value or respect enough when I was there that have now really propelled my career in marketing. Um, 
marketing has been one of those things that you learn how to market yourself. Yeah. Like start thinking about your own personal brand. I tell people that all the time. Right? You I know, so all the, all the things I learned in marketing what the being big and then economics, just understanding that the you know, the flow of the economy, um, and your ability to read the tea leaves that you learn in economy will set you up in your own personal investments as well as business. So yeah. I would say, you know, those are really my kind of must, you know, four or five classes that you gotta go in. The class I hated the most was cost accounting. It was what is it, what is it called? It's called cost accounting. Um, it kind of helps you figure out what the widgets actually cost. Okay. Um, and it, it was a very useful class, but it was a painful class. I won't up probably using probably only three of those principles yeah. later. But um, it was probably the most painful class I remember taking um, that if I could have avoided, I probably yeah, would have. Absolutely. I don't think you can get away with it, though. I think you have to take it. Now, do you recommend, if you're going for accounting, what minor would you prefer? That yeah, so, the most. so, you know, either double back with, if you're going to stay in business, um, marketing wants up being uh, way more important. And I think it helps you be more well-rounded. Accounting is so technical, mm -hmm. and you're going to find to be a partner in an accounting firm, everyone knows the technical part, but it's your ability to build a relationship, to sell yourself, to sell the firm, mm -hmm. uh, to sell your products and services. It's that becomes itself. more, that's what separates you to become yeah. a partner, that final 1% to yeah. stay. Um, economics, man, if you're also going to stay in that business. But uh, my minor actually was in history. Mine um, too. You know, American history. Uh, as I know, you, you know, you're obviously, uh, you, you did the work to put write that book. That yeah. I, I have a book in me as well. One day I'm going to get out. But, Good. you know, I, I think that learning from especially American history, uh, it just helps you when you're having a conversation. It, it helps you have a dialogue uh, beyond just the numbers. Absolutely. And, um, I, I just find it fascinating. You know, the one thing I have hanging up in my house is uh, a New York Times uh, from from 1861. Wow. Um, and just seeing how the paper used to be printed and made and folded. Um, but just actually reading history from their perspective at that time, like things are real clear now. Yeah. The North yeah. won, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but 1861, man, it was, it was real stressful. You know, you can only imagine uh, what's going on. You know, the greatest war, the most... American casualties, just all those type of things that you don't think about. And you think about just how amazingly they write. Like if you ever get time to read read anything uh, that kind of has the memoirs or writing of Abraham Lincoln, yeah. and it'll blow your mind, man. The, his ability with the pen is really? just amazing. It's poetry, man. It's, it's like great hip-hop is today. You that's know, why was, I never you know, thought of it like when that. You think about Hamilton, that's what he did. He just captured just really that the, the beauty of language and history and and, you know, I, I've always thought that if you read anything by Lincoln, his ability to orate, his ability to debate, his ability to really capture a commentary, um, even his humor. Like, there's a lot of humor yeah, in what yeah. he writes when he yeah, looks back. So, um, I, it's one of the things I find fascinating. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, it's really, what I've realized is that you can be naturally good at something, yeah. but to become great, it requires a lot of training, a lot of time and mm -hmm. effort. How is your training... Like, I know your school education was evident, yeah. but in terms of, like, your internships, how did those internships yeah. result in you becoming the man that you are in your field? It's uh, It was really the catalyst. So I think I think the sports background we have really helped, yeah, right? Because we understand the more work you put in, the more prepared you are yeah. for the competition. You know, in football, which you were blessed to do more than I was, um, you know, when you're playing football – 
how many times you watch, you already know the play. Then, right? You know absolutely. it's got to be this play or that play. Absolutely. And every now and then they'll catch you, but you know, 80, 90% of the time, you, you know, know the play. You know where the ball is going. Because you put the prep in exactly. to know the play and what the outcome is going to yep. be. And, and the same thing with internships. So my internships really uh, built upon each other. So the first one was like, you know, my first couple of years, like I said, I was just doing the money where I was chasing. I worked in service merchandise, retail, just a distribution warehouse and learning about transportation, logistics, how you you know, set up the warehouse to be the most efficient, yeah. um, process management. Um, when I came back, I started focusing a little bit more on my career. I got really directly into uh, working internal audit and working for a hospital. I did two interns there, and man, you know, that, that really prepared me for a professional career. Just something simple like how to dress, how to talk, mm -hmm. how to write a report, how to do research, how to document what you're doing. Yeah. Um, just the effort that you put in. I always try to be there first and always try to be there last. Um, it probably doesn't sound normal, um, but I always wanted to work so hard that you never doubt it. Right? I, I want you to be better. Be I don't want to be exactly. generic, right? You don't exactly. want to be generic. You want to be better than that. So um, I also try to spend a lot of time understanding my boss's job because I figured the more I understand what he or she was doing, the better I could do my job to help them. Exactly. Um, you know, I didn't. You know, don't wait to be a boss to be a boss, right? Just start oh, doing man. all those things that yep. they need you to do, yep. so they can rely on you. Um, and then finally, I, I really got focused on public accounting, and then I started interning, and I worked for uh, Coopers and Library, which became PricewaterhouseCoopers at the time. Um, you know, we had crazy big clients there um, that we were just exposed to that was really cool to set up my career. And then um, after that, it's not being afraid to then take a risk. <clears throat> you know, I've always been willing to bet on myself. Um, you know, I've walked away from guaranteed jobs for the next job over here. I thought was going yeah. to be more aligned to where my passion was. So don't steer away from your passion. Yeah, I, I find that you know a lot of times you got to find a job where the head and the heart meets, right? So I love numbers, I love finance, but I love helping people. So yeah. that's why I'm in banking, but I joined a credit union so I could be a not-for-profit helping people. Yeah. And we talk about that a little bit in the barbershop, like why that transition. I probably can make more at a bank, but I can help more people at the credit union and still get paid very yeah, well, absolutely. you know. But um, for me, that was a huge part of why I do what I do and for the last 12 years you know I've been working in my passion 13 years working in my passion hasn't felt like a day of work really? because of it yeah now because of that is it I'm assuming it's a more mental job but yeah. is it physical or it's mostly mental the only physical is trying to keep those LBs off man you know <laughs> when you're sitting at a desk a lot you know we're divisions we're, we're expanding so we just expanded the headquarters which you've seen you know when you're driving into work all the time but <clears> the <throat> expansion to our building that's has been amazing yeah. and so we've actually added sit-stand desks just because you know they say sitting's the new smoking right so we're trying to keep everyone <laughs> healthy but it is mental um you know my day starts from the second i wake up to you know getting the kids ready and and, and, and getting them to school or if my wife's dropping off but then after that the second i hit the ground whether it be 7 30 to 8 till my last event or dinner event that I'm usually at is nine o'clock. It's a long day. You know, it's a long day, but again, it's fun. Yeah. You know, it's fun. It's fun coming out doing things like this with you or having Jay Will come down and film mm -hmm. at the barbershop with us or going to a high school, talking to kids about their yeah. future um, or going to be you now and doing presentations and speeches there. Now, for someone, this is something I'm actually interested in as, yeah. as well as for someone like me, like what's really important to me, I talk to my girlfriend about it all the time, is like finding a job where I'm able to, you know, work my job, but as well as not have to say no to my kids. Yeah. In the sense of like, if they want to go on a school trip, I don't have to say no to them because I'm right. my own boss. Right. So how does, what would you say to someone that 
you know, they don't want to work that, you know, that eight to nine o'clock at night job, but yeah. they want to have all the, the good, the, the resources that they want on an everyday basis to balance between job and life. Yeah, it's hard. I'd like to tell you that there's an easy button to it. It's just about priorities. You know, I've always found, and you've probably seen this, you've probably got that friend, right? Um, I got that friend is always like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I always found people always come up with reasons to, to not do the stuff they don't want to do. Yeah. But they always find a way to do the stuff they want to, want do. to do. So yeah. I want to see my kids. I want to hang out with my kids. I want to do things with them. But, you know, I, I will say the job, the job even for myself, because I am a workaholic, does, you know, impact them. So what I try to do is change it up a little. Um, I, I trade quantity for quality. Okay. So I always tell this story, man. I, I I don't know how to swim. That's one of the first things. I don't, okay. know, I don't know about a lot of other brothers, but most of my friends don't know how to swim. <laughs> um, and maybe it's just growing up in outside of Newburgh, New York. We had a pool down our street and everything, a public pool. But no, nah, I'm dense, man. I just sink, you know. Um, <laughs> I took a lesson later as an adult was at kids because I want to be able to save my own kids. Yeah. But um, you know, so I didn't really. I don't really play in pools. And people are like, aren't you worried about drowning? No, people don't know how to swim. Don't play by water. That's it. It's just yeah, simple. Right? Yeah, we're like, you know, every time I see someone drown, it's usually Johnny can swim so Your well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone's drowned. Help! Help! So um, what I decided for myself was, so we put this out above ground pool. It's only four feet, so a brother can hop around. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I can get like little, little, I can swim, <laughs> or just three strokes yeah. across. I'm across. This is how you do it? Yeah, 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 like that. Kick, kick. So one of the things I told them was, you know, what I did one day, I just came home from work, full suit, hopped right in the pool, just started swimming with him. So That's awesome. in that moment, you would think when you talk to him later, daddy was in the pool the whole summer, the way yeah. they talked about that yeah. story. But it, it's just about trying to the create moment. those environments. Yeah. yeah. And when we go away, you know, letting the kids, you know, every two years they pick where we go and they pick Paris one year, man. I don't know how to speak French. I don't know what they're yeah. going to do. And we were actually there when those, those, two, uh, those, those guys – the former Marine or in that train. No way. Yeah, well, we, we watched that movie. We I got it the rent at the house. We're gonna hopefully watch it tonight. And we literally landed that day and I got off and everyone was treating us so well. I'm like, wow man, never I thought everyone told me in Paris, you know, they don't like Americans and man, yeah. they were hugging me and stuff. And then we saw uh, oh, saw what happened okay. that night after we got, you know, into the hotel. Yeah. And the whole week, the whole country was like, everywhere we went, they just treated us amazing. Really? And we just heard more about the story just coming out more and more and more while we're there. And you just realize just the courage that those those men yeah, had, absolutely. and just some of the training that yeah, you that had. Yeah, that scene was wild. Yeah, that you know, our, most people's instinct is the run. You know, did you, did you know the actors that they are, use the real people, yeah, the real right? People. So I can't Nuts. wait to check that out tonight. Yeah, it's worth. But so I, I think it's about that. You know, you you may if you want to be a me, you're gonna have to trade some of the quantity, but you got to find a way to replace it with quality. You okay. know, stop worrying about did they clean their room. You know, start worrying about are they happy. Yeah. You know, um, you know, stop worrying about, you know, what their grades were, but start understanding the effort they're putting behind their grades, yeah. respecting that if they're trying. There's something you could do to help. And what I can do to help in that yeah. time. You know, um, track and field is what I do. I coach my, my kids in track and my youngest. Um, and the goal was really to coach them up to high school and let them take over. And, and my wife did the same thing for my oldest daughter. And um, it became our thing as a family because I'm a track and field. My wife's track yeah. and field. My wife's the better athlete, which I always have to admit out really? loud. I even put this on recording so you know she must have <laughs> been the better athlete. Um, and that time with my daughter, 
um, where we go to these track meets together all over the country. And, and now I'm just coaching only my youngest one because my oldest one um, got a track scholarship and she's now, right. uh, she initially went to Northeastern and now she just transferred to East Carolina. Wow, good for her. So, the Pirates. Yeah, she's a pirate good now. And, uh, they have a great, my buddy Chris Milano went, yeah. to, went there and loved it for track. Yeah, it's it's great for track. It's great for um, football, like the athletes. Yeah, like, absolutely. you know, I would like to see that record the, the, come up, but the no, athletes sure. are on point. The, what's called there, the equipment and everything. Yeah, the facilities. I just went down there to check it out with her. And, um, and now the youngest one's kind of coming up the same way. We're, her whole destiny is in her control. We had a lot of conversations that, you know, again, going back to grades, how you kind of joke around with grades, yeah. but having them understand, you know what, if you get, if you knock out the grades, the decision is yours where you go to school. Exactly. Not theirs. That's the cool part. So you want to be great as an athlete and you want to be great as a student so that you get to pick the school versus the school picking, picking you. you. And so that's what we've been empowering um, on. And so the, the, the youngest one just had, came up an incredible year, but again, Here's the thing as a parent, you know, um, she didn't want to move up to um, varsity, even though she's in eighth grade. She wanted to do modified wow. hangout with her friends, yeah. but she would have either, uh, she could either one or come in second a stack. So she could have moved up, yeah. but as a parent, listening to your child and saying, hey, they want to have fun. Yeah. We got four years to be Don't in high push. school. Don't, Don't push, push on that. Let it, you know, even basketball. It is so hard. To sit and watch basketball yeah. when your kids are yeah. modified. Yeah. When she went to JV, it was a lot more fun yeah, this year. Absolutely. But there's still moments where you just watch and you, you're always questioning, oh, I wouldn't do that as a coach. Oh. Yeah. But the willingness to sit back and, and, and enjoy that experience yeah. as a parent. Um, and when they come to you, then being there, they answer those yeah. questions. And we spend a lot of time where she'll say, you know, what do you think I could pick up? And I'll tell her like three real quick things. And to watch her implement it in the game right yeah, away cool. is really cool versus talking about, you know, I watch parents yelling at their kids miss a shot. I'm like, one, you're going to miss half your shots if you're the best shooter. Exactly. Right? Secondly, how good did you shoot when you were in school? Like, exactly. I look at most of these parents, they weren't yeah, ballers. Yeah, they were an athlete. And they're like, yeah, no. they were not athletes. Yep. And they're at, talking like they were. At, oh, yeah. my gosh. And yep. it's just hard uh, doing that. So I'm just trying to enjoy. Now, with that said, every now and then I've gotten vocal. You know, like oh, watching sure. the press and watching them, like, guard in half court when there's yeah. three people behind them. Tell yeah. them to get back. And uh, my daughter literally goes, Daddy, I can't go back. I'll get in trouble. I said, I don't care what your coach says. Go. Move back. Yeah. You know? So with that said, you know, I think you got to be a parent and you got to be a coach. But Love your first job is a parent first yeah, and foremost. Absolutely. And when they want you to be a coach, then you put that hat on too. So. Wow. Well, that's awesome. But it's hard. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I want to tell you that you're going to be on Millennial and you're going to be working your way up in your career and you're not going to have to sacrifice. Yeah. So understand you're going to have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice. Um, but I do think we all want it all. Um, and and this is not new to millennials. I, I, I think millennials get a tough rap on this. I think I'm watching you guys. You're doing everything that me as an extra we did. You're just doing it later. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the Great Recession had yeah. a lot to do with you just want to be secure. You want to have your money right. Yeah. You want to pay for your student loans. You want to do all these things. You're in a good position. Um, but I watch your generation, and I was thinking about a generation that's grown up on an iPad, you know, yeah, you're like you're literally looking at me like what what is it like why do you have this yeah. big computer still this yeah. tower in your house and even phones like you know you don't know anything but a smartphone you know the, I I read a quote today I don't know exactly what it said but the the meaning of it was he's the guy said that the problem with today's generation is that we're so stuck 
at comparing ourselves to everyone else yeah. that we don't just live our own lives. Yeah. We compare our stat, our standard of where we are in classes compared yeah. to everyone else instead of just being. That's why we're so depressed. Yeah. If you if you don't have the next nicest car to your friends, right? And and Facebook doesn't help. People only post you know they the only stuff. post the good stuff. They don't post the bad stuff. The bills, the, right? Like I would love them. You know, when they show you that your the car is hype and they're all like yeah, grilling yeah, next yeah. to it. I like you to see the car payment yeah, next to it, and that they're still exactly. in their mama's house, right? Like so, it, exactly. it is yeah. about life style and understanding i didn't have those pressures right because yeah. um we couldn't see we just assumed everyone yeah. was in the same spot we're yeah. in yeah, well, um, i talked about that with connor today yeah uh about he brought up, up yeah. he brought up uh, michael jordan yeah. and he brought up lebron and he was yeah. like he's like he said something about like lebron like uh, the expectations were so high yeah. and that's why he was so good you know because they expected him to be the king right. but i was like well, Michael, if he was born in that generation with the social media, he was Mike LeBron went up through the social media. Yeah. I was like, if Michael, he would have been the same dude, like yeah. out of college, yeah. he would have been the next. He would have been the king. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think that's one of the hard things, and I'm always trying to school, you know, Connor on the whole. <laughs> Here's the thing, you know, I, I grew up in the age of Michael Jordan, yeah. and um, and I think it's funny people their memory. It's just everyone wants whoever you grew up with to be the best. But I'm gonna yeah. tell you, man. LeBron James is special, and if you want to say anything other than that, you're just you're a hater. You're, you're yeah, a hater. That's it. I mean, in this era, to do what he's doing, uh, with free agency, the athletes. People don't remember, man. The first ten years of Jordan's career was rough. Like he had to go through the Celtics, the he's, Pistons. He got swept. <laughs> so swept first round. And you know, it's funny. The other thing is, like, well, you know, Jordan, he won six. I'm like, what happened to the other ten years? Like yeah. he didn't even like you know, LeBron at least has been to the finals nine. Eight years, nine years. Yeah, in a row. you know, and he's been there eight in a row, been there nine in total. Like you, you, you can't blink on that in this era. In that era, in this in era. this era where there's just constant pressure, everything you say, every single play, and God knows what would have happened if uh, Kyrie didn't get hurt and, and uh, yeah. love in the first time they met. Yeah. What would have happened if Jr. would have actually uh, instead of running, running out, out yeah. and actually took. A pump fake, got a foul, and made a let, you know? Yeah, that, or that, if they hit the that, free throw. Emotionally, mentally, that, yeah, that I, killed them. I think it killed them. I just think killed it killed them. them. But with that said, I think every group was like that. When I was growing up, I was like, oh, is Jordan better than yeah. Dr. J or Larry Bird? I, I brought something up today, too. Not to Magic keep Johnson. talking about best basketball, but yeah. I talked about coaches. Yeah. Like, I want I want LeBron to go to the Spurs. Yeah. I want to see how imagine. great LeBron could be with Popovich. He can yeah. be with Ka Kawhi. He can yeah. be with Aldridge. Gasol. Like I want to see him around a coach structure. Yeah. And like what I talked about with with about Jordan is like he had two phenomenal coaches. Yeah. Phenomenal coaches. Yeah. Like that's why I think Golden State Golden State's naturally amazing. Yeah. But Kerr is a great coach. Yeah. So I mean that has a lot to do with it too. But all right to get back. To <laughs> how did how did uh, how did your expectations of your of your job, like doing what you do now, compare to what you thought or what it is? And being a CEO um, is better than I ever really? thought it could be, especially for this particular company. Uh, my goal, once I got rid of the bodega game plan, uh, was either be <laughs> a was going to be a partner at a at a accounting firm, and then I saw the hours. And to your point about the balance, I was working eighty to hundred hours. And I had my first kid, and it just wasn't yeah. the lifestyle I wanted. I went to Goldman, loved it. Um, I worked for my the, buddy's working at Goldman, the headquarters in Utah right now. Oh, I was yeah, at, he's I was enjoying it. You know, New York City is kind of the mecca, but I was down in their Dallas office doing real estate at the Archon, their real estate division, and work on these Whitehall funds, and and it was really just the best environment, the best culture. Um, you know, they, you know, we talked about this earlier. You're good at certain things for a reason, and you're bad at certain things for a reason. You can spend a whole lot of thing time on the things you're bad at, and yeah. maybe get to marginal. 
But if you spent that same effort on the stuff you're good at, you might become great at. So, cool um, all the time too. so I feel like Goldman really focused on trying to make me really great at, at the good things you were things naturally, I was naturally yeah. good at. Um, then I went to GE, obviously, because it was part of the game plan that Professor Karate had outlined for me. And there he taught me the value of being a generalist. That sometimes having a little bit of knowledge over here helps you over there. And, and that could be the sport analogy where sometimes when you're talking about business, sometimes being able to talk to you maybe mm -hmm. about it in a sport manner, yeah. it might click for you. Or, um, you know, the story I always heard at GE was uh, when they were creating a Big Bertha, you know, they had this one kind of private equity group that was working over here with Cal on this one side of the business. But they were having this metal issue. Well, G has a metal department. So yeah. reaching out to the metal people helped them create yeah, the, the right alloy. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes just being enough a generalist to know enough about a lot of things yeah. is helpful too. Um, and it really kind of like set everything up. But then we're coming here, then going over to uh, the credit union before I joined here. Uh, back in my hometown, I decided to take pay cuts to go backwards. But to work my way up in the city I was from. In the hood I was from, in no, the neighborhood I was from, it meant cool. a lot to yeah, me. Having sure. kids now and having my family be raised where I was raised, mm -hmm. um, and then getting the call to become a CEO. The first time I, I, I you can't make this up. The first time they called me, I actually said, uh, "Yeah, I said no, nah, I'm, I'm good, uh, but thank you and bye." And I hung up. I wasn't even like super polite. I wasn't like disrespectful, but yeah. I was kind of like, I got the dream job. I'm the CFO. Yeah. Of one of the largest credit unions in the country, You're in the place and my home, I, my house was right next to my pops. My family is totally like the Huxtables, and it's all <laughs> laughter and love and fun. My, you know, my wife loves my family. My kids love being there, um, and I'm like, man, I'm gonna move away from this yeah. for a little bit more money. And yeah. like you remember, I've been taking pay cuts to get a better quality of life, so money was never my driver. Yeah. Um, I went home. I said, oh yeah, by the way, Business Federal Credit Union up in Binghamton. Said, hey, are you interested? We'd love to have you come in. And uh, she's like, oh, so what are you talking about? I said, hey, baby, you know, I said no. She's like, what? Like, how do you say this? It's like yeah. a family decision. This is a life changing yeah. thing. But I'm like, what about all the people here? You know, I had like, we have 500, 600 employees. I felt like I was letting them down if I left. Yeah. She's like, well, what about the 400, 500 employees up there? You yeah, know, you can help. and what about that community up there? It's actually bigger. You know, you could actually help more people if you go there. And that's why I tell people about relationships all the time. It's not a relationship, it's a partnership. Yeah, it is. They, they, they fill you, your head with stuff that you need, to, that you're not thinking of. Well, she also saw those things. You know, I think, um, I take all my guests for granted. But we, she just watches me. Yeah, she just like, watches me maneuver around yeah. and talk to people. You know, I'll fix a problem like three steps and yeah. it's like, they, they're leaving and now they're millionaires, yeah, you know? Yeah. And you're just dropping you're, crumbs. You gotta talk. That's, <laughs> that's what's going on. But, you know, I, I think that it's great when, um, how do they say it? Someone said this, uh, Will Smith said this. You got to have friends in your life that fan your flames. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you have, you know, you look at a fire and it's just ambers, right? They come by and they get that fire going and, yeah. it, and it helps you reach your full potential. And when you have a partner um, who's your friend, who that is first and foremost, it's like Team tie. You know, we're gonna roll on this Team tie thing. Yeah. Um, and they kind of motivate you to see that, no, no, you got a bigger mission, you got a bigger calling. And then I started thinking, you know what, man, I could be doing this if I went to Visions. Oh, we could, they could do this, they could be even better. And then uh, she's like, you gotta call them back. I'm like, baby, I can't call them back. I just, I just told, them yeah, no. told them no. And uh, thankfully, you know, they called me back. And, uh, and then I had this whole outline plan of all the things I would do. I was still not really thinking I was going to get the job, but yeah. I was like, let me go out there and think big. Yeah. You know, it was a hundred some people probably looking at the job. Yeah. 
and I'm a CFO. I'm not even a CEO yet, moving yeah. up to a bigger credit union. Um, but when I came in, all those traits of mine really shown through. But with that said, the vision of the board, uh, for those who don't understand how companies work, you know, you usually are led by a board who has a strategic vision. Um, they had a vision of my energy and what I could do in this community, um, what I could do for this credit union, what I could do for the employees, um, how I could take this credit union the next step. Next um, and when I got here, we're about $3 billion, and now we're $4 billion, and, wow. and we really haven't tried to grow too much in the last year or two. So, you're working on you. You're, you guys are working on your company, right? Yeah, we're just working, working on our infrastructure. Yeah, that's We're great. just trying to make I everything see, I see easier, nicer, yeah. better for employees, better for our community, better the for... The ATMs alone are yeah. really nice. Think about just branding yeah. those. And, um, you know, we've been focusing on that. But I'm letting you know, when October comes, we get the last change in our mobile app. November comes, we have our new uh, credit cards locked up and going and cards for our debit cards. Nice. 2019 is the year of visions, yeah. man. But it's still with the board having the willingness to 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 embrace my strategic vision, my brand, uh, that confidence and swagger, um, and just you know, there's not a lot of brothers running credit unions or banks, you yeah. know, and just having the willingness to see beyond that and see the diversity of it. Um, you know, I'm really proud of my parents, but you know, my father, uh, he you know he didn't graduate high school and he went and toured, did two tours in Vietnam and. Um, the guy has a gift of gab, and he's just a special human being who could talk to anyone. And I was yeah. blessed to get that gift. My mom, um, after high school, you know, she went to Job Corps. Uh, she was the church secretary, but she she has an ability to look at someone and she could read a you know a book by the cover, you know, and just gave me common sense knowledge just to That's read great. people and, yeah. and know what they need to hear um, and what I need to say and, and know what they're really trying to do. And that real groundings kind of kept me humble, even with all the swagger I joke about. Yeah. But coming from that background has always kept me very humble to let me know that I don't know anyone who worked harder. You know, my father was a truck driver. He made more than anyone I know went to college, you know, and, and that was who I was trying to emulate. Yeah. I want to be like him. My mom, you know, touched more people on this earth than I've seen yeah. You know, from anyone who had a and big you're, job. And you're a product of it. You have both the best of both. You know what I, I mean? Did, and, that, and that's how it works. And that, that's why who you surround yourself with is so huge. crucial. Yeah, and that's hard because I'm loyal to a fault. You know, and where I grew up, a lot of my friends have been to jail. A lot of my friends have passed away. Um, some are pastors, some are military, sports. But those are really the avenues when you grow up outside yeah. of Newburgh, New York, that are really what you have to do to yeah. be successful. And then when I got to college, seeing more people be successful and seeing how sports really catapulted that. But, you know, I, I think it's uh, the fact that I can have a vision, implement what I want to do and not have to go to someone yeah. else. That's the beauty of being a CEO. There's, there's some pleasure to being a boss where you can listen to someone's idea from your staff and you can empower them to do it versus me and before having to advocate to get my boss to yeah. bless something that someone yeah. else wanted to yeah. do. Um, now we can hear a great idea. Let's try it. You know, and um, that's what's a lot of fun. And then just seeing that we're helping over 190,000 people today people. and we have the ability, you know, hopefully in my career, I would love to somehow get up to a million members and that'd be, be helping awesome. a million people. Uh, that'd be special. Yeah. That would be special. That'd be, that really would be. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming your favorite part of the job is helping people, yeah. you know, putting them in a better financial comfortability yeah. state. Um, what would you say your least favorite? Because it seems like you love the job. So what's yeah, your least favorite? yeah, but I'd also add helping helping my staff too. So it's you know it's not just helping our, our members or what will be customers in the bank. It's also seeing my staff yeah. thrive and watching their families thrive and and that's huge. You know, 
the, the I would say the least favorite part, and I'll kind of give you two prongs. Sometimes it's the political aspects of it. You know, um, I, I would never be a good politician. I'm fortunate to have uh, friends and, you know, uh, Fred Akshar and Donald Pardo, and I watch how they navigate the whole political system and Rich David. And I think it has to be brutally hard to know what the right thing is, but to have to dilute it so you can get it passed, you know. And, and, okay. and sometimes I know what the right thing is, but I have to play the political line, yeah. and it's not uh, completely my favorite thing to do. Uh, but the other part is I, it really hurts when you're in this industry. You can see how people are frauded um, or defrauded, or you can watch uh, the senior abuse. And, um, you know, it's amazing to me how many people take advantage of people and all the scams that are Absolutely. out there. And, and because, you know, we really try to take care of our members, we, we try to help them through it. You know, yeah. um, we, I've seen people lose as much as $90,000 of their own wow. on a scam. And, you know, then they're mad, and they're mad at the person, and they become mad at us, but it's not us, right? We're yeah. trying to help them, but, you know, unfortunately, the world is full of bad guys, yeah. um, and the computers have made it so easy, and we're always trying to come up with the next step to help them. Yeah. Um, we've been really fortunate that we've also stopped at time, and, and that's, that's where the pleasure comes from. Yeah, I always get a notification from my head of the country yeah. or something, you know, Yeah. They notify me, but, hey, was this you? Or yeah. if I go to Florida or somewhere, it's, it's, is this it's you? It's needed, yeah. man, and it's so easy especially with all the breaches that have been out there. They have enough data to recreate your identity now through all the different breaches. That's, that's and wild. so our goal is really to just help people as much as we can. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, I'll hear a story that just really uh, breaks your heart when you think about someone mm -hmm. losing some of their savings on something that they did. Yeah, and sometimes wow. it's stuff we told them not to do. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, I know she's saying that she's coming here to marry you, but she's not real. She's not. And oh, they're like, this is my money, and you got to do it. And and it's a tough spot to be in, but we actually oh, have had, had conversations like that. So, um, but, you know, that that's probably the worst part. And thankfully, those are rare uh, times uh, that I really have to see that oh. or get involved. You know, but what I love, each month someone sends me uh, some, uh, we have this line in our bulletin now that we put out to our members said vision saved you what <laughs> um, because every there's always someone who comes in that we wind up saving hundreds of dollars a month that's awesome i just man i just yeah, that's yeah. like a game changer yeah that's, that's, that's a, a that's a rent changer. that's rent for someone rent. you know or a car. Mean, food for your kids yeah it's college for them maybe yeah. right if you could put that aside so it's it's crazy uh you know we do no closing cost mortgage we clearly can cut. Everyone expects to yeah, pay, yeah. and we, we intentionally don't do it. That means up to like for some people, that was like six thousand dollars for some people, and we're just giving it away for free like yeah. that. Uh, we create products that do that for people because we can. <laughs> you know, we're that's not great. for profit, um, and we have the ability to to put our members first. And, that's great. And and just seeing someone start off in a new home like that, or even being able to get there that forever home that they yeah. want. All those things make me smile. That's man. great. Yeah. That's great. Now, what would you recommend someone doing before getting into a career such as yours? Yeah. Like that can help them, like a certification or you know something that you recommend would help them. Yeah, it's about paper. Um, you know, you need your degrees, and I have a lot of uh, VPs that have kind of worked their way up through their career, and I've challenged them to go get their degree, not because you're going to be smarter, but it just creates this dialogue, this ability to communicate. It's a process that you go through at level sets. It, 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 when you're coming into a job and you both have great work experience, but one has a degree and one doesn't, and you're going for a job like the mine. The terminology is different. Yeah, but even going for a job like mine, sometimes you won't get the opportunity yeah. uh, to apply for that because they're going to 
they're going to assume. Assume the other yeah. person has more of the diligence to go through it. So I do think it's important that they go out there and get that degree. I do think it's important to invest in themselves and get that MBA. Um, you know, if you want to go the finance route, you know, I do think going maybe public accounting, becoming certified first would be really good. Um, but taking a broad look at business, making sure that you at least take that accounting one and two so you can oh, at least yeah. understand They require that now. Yeah, I think it's really key. Um, and be willing to take some classes outside of your major. Okay, you know, we both did the yeah, art history, and I think that made me a more rounded person. Yeah. So when I did my interviews, I wasn't just talking Gap or FASB. I was talking about, yeah, but, you know, can you imagine what it was like in the Alamo? And, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, it just shows that you're more than just business. Yeah. You know, it shows personality. And history has some of the best stories yeah, of all time. You absolutely. Know? Modern Europe. That's what, uh, I, I took a modern, I hate, my, I didn't really yeah. like modern Europe. Yeah. There's too much information going on. Yeah. I'm an American history yeah. guy, but modern Europe has some wild stories. I, that's how yeah. I kind of came up with my book. Yeah. It was through Hitler. Yeah. Like, like, crazy kind of like, that's what triggered my idea. It's like, crazy what they went through, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, Trevor Noah has this, you know, I did Trevor Noah's book and it's hilarious. It's a, I think it's called Born in Crime. Um, it talks about being born in, in South Africa. And, and I just love him and I love his story um, and his energy. And he was uh, talking about, like, you got to remember wherever you grew up, it's kind of like those atrocities of that country to you trumps everybody, right? Yeah. So he said when he grew up, he didn't know who Hitler was, you know, and actually where he grew up, a lot of people were named Hitler because no, they didn't right. know in South Africa this type of oh stuff where God. he was. And um, and it, I can't even imagine because to me, he's the scariest, the most vile yeah. person who was ever on earth. Right. Um, but and he was Jewish. <laughs> he was part Jewish. It's crazy. <laughs> but you think about, think about something Nuts. like even, but, you know, you do the math, how many millions of people. Right. But then I think about slavery, man. Millions. How many millions of people in slavery? Yep. Right, so I would say like how much different the world would be today. Yeah, think about that. Maybe one of those uh, the slaves or one of those Jew like they could yeah. have been the next. Yeah, Einstein too. Yeah, right? that's and, what I'm saying. And it it's so interesting, and I've often found, and, and maybe that's why, um, for a, being a, a student of history, that I often look at American history and I look at um, Black history and I look at um, the history of, for Jews as well, and I always see this path uh, that. Um, that my Jewish brothers and, and, and ourselves as black people have gone through, through slavery, they went through slavery yeah. as well, and persecution, yeah. we went through persecution Absolutely. as well. And um, and I look at the civil rights movement, you know, one of the stories no one ever tells is just how much they helped specifically. Um, and I, most recently in the Thurgood Marshall movie and book, you know, it really talks about, you know, how these different yeah. individuals really helped. And how Abraham the, literally looked, was looked down upon yeah. by some of so many people because he was trying to implement that. Is movement. that crazy? Like, it's nuts. Yeah, so you look at it, and there's a lot of cool things like that, but uh, I don't know, we kind of got deep there. But it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> but it's real, man. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing to me when I think about people focus so much on our differences and they don't realize just how much we're alike. What do you say? That's what? the truth. That's a, oh, my God. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I, 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 you know, we do a lot of diversity training but I, I like more inclusive training you mm -hmm. know i, I want to have a conversation i i found what separates us more is maybe being urban or rural that is a big difference right like you absolutely know? I, I went to her family my girlfriend's family is a little more rural yeah and i came out there and I, first time she, i came into her house i was like this is in the middle of yeah, nowhere exactly. <laughs> like, i was like oh man i don't know if i like it but then i started hanging out with them yeah. we're shooting guns clay yeah. birds and like i was like this is this is a whole different part of life that 
I never experienced. And like it was, and now I love being out yeah. there. It's so peaceful yeah. and relaxing. It's, it's a just, transition. Though, yeah, right? absolutely. And the people, they're different, but they're yeah. funny in their own way. Yeah, exactly. And you know what I mean? But you bring the two together, you'd yeah. be surprised how well you can get along with someone. Yeah, you know, I, I like again, just need to, I, I, I really do try to find out we're more like, you know, same month we're born or, yeah. or from the same neighborhood yep. or same state. Yeah. Or, um, I'm originally from the South, so I always call myself, I, I kind of see myself as, you know, I just kind of see myself as just Southern hospitality. It's yeah. just how I try to run my business yeah. as well. Um, and I often think about like just the impact that being raised in the South did for me and the person I am today. Yeah. It means a lot. Not saying if I would have been raised in the North, I would have been a different. different. I, I would have been a different person. Yeah. Still a good person, I hopefully believe. But mm-hmm. but that upbringing in the South just taught me of the way we say things, the way we talk, even yeah. the pace. Like we we go out for a walk. My wife's trying to do like. 10 minute miles when we walk i'm like look if i wanted to walk that fast i'd run you know what i mean so i I try to work really on focusing on on ways to uh kind of keep that just southern charm about me and hospitality and the way i say things and and just a colorful way we talk Mm -hmm. um but with that new york style you know that swagger swagger, man I, i i was petrified when they told me we're moving to new york you know (laughs) <laughs> and I remember Roots had just come out. I watched Roots, and I'm like, I'm moving to New York because I didn't realize how rough it was in the South. Yeah. The things you don't know when you grow up. Like, I mean, there were still white only signs. Yeah. I mean, it was over, but they didn't take the signs they didn't down. The signs down. And so it hit me like you know of the opportunity. Um, I had a lot of my family was already up in New York and um, and New Jersey, and it just seemed to make a lot of sense. Um, but I, everything I saw in New York was scary on TV. Like, you know, everything yeah. you watch was like, you know, the South Bronx and stuff. Yeah. And um, I got up here and got outside of New York City. It was all country, man. You're milking cows. Yeah, people, when you say you're from New York, everyone thinks you're yeah. from, like, the city. You know, Brooklyn, New Bern. Apple trees. <laughs> yeah. It's totally different once you get outside uh-huh. of an hour of New York City. Yeah, it's, it's, it's completely crazy. Different, different world. Yeah. Um, what's, what's something that you, if you were 20 years old again, yeah. if you were 16 years old, yeah. More 18, 18 years old. What's something that you would do in terms of finance to set yourself up more yeah. comfortably for the future in terms of investment? Yeah, you know, I, I try to, and this is some of the things I talked about when we brought Jay Wolf to the barbershop, Jay Williams, and, and uh, when Connor was cutting his hair, I was trying to talk about the number one advice if I can give you anything today is start investing today. And, and it's a simple mathematical equation, but, huh. but it, it, it'll prove it over and over again. Putting away a little today every day because you have time on your side will set you up to be wealthier more than me today if I put away double what you're putting away. So I was just playing around like let's say 7% and you put away $100 a month for 40 years. I know 40 years sound like a long time because you haven't even hit 40 years and you're like that but it's a blink bro. I'm 47 years old now and I think about being 17. So 30 years ago if I did this right. So for 40 years, put away $100 a month, right? And now um, I'm coming in today, and I started for 20 years, put away double that. So I put away $200 a month. Let's say even I make 10%. Yeah. I'm going to make around half of what you're going to be able to save, yeah. bro. Right? The time. Time. You know, time is just a way more important, uh, you know, accelerator Jump away as much as you can. Well, you know, be comfortable. I mean, you got to live this life, man. I tell you all the time, I'm only going to live this life once. So you see me, man. I'm living this to its fullest. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not, I don't have time to worry about if people like me. I don't have time to worry about, 
you know, trying to make someone else happy. It's about taking care of my friends. It's about taking care of my companies. It's about taking care of my employees. So I have a community. question for you. This, so my new book I'm writing, yeah. like I did a part about finances, and I yeah. did some research on like uh, on investments, on mutual funds, on savings accounts, yeah. and so savings account it it sucks to say, but you're, you're we're not making a lot of money in a right. year. I mean, it's like zero, well, this, the average is like zero point zero six. Yeah, and this this environment, this interest rate environment. Yeah. Is very so, low. what would you recommend if we're trying to save money but get a higher return? Would you recommend like a whole life policy? Yeah, you know, I, look. In the day, it's all um, the best thing I could tell you is still all based on you. Okay. Everyone has different risk tolerances. I have yeah. a very high risk tolerance on my own personal yeah. money, um, not my company. Do you do money. that though? Are you saying when you have more comfortable money to play with? For me, it was like, I'll give you a perfect example. If I were to start over again and I was 20s, um, again, this is just for me. I, yeah. I'm not going to give you, I'm yeah. saying based on my risk tolerance, mm-hmm. um, looking at the way the S&P 500 is continually done, I would put it in an index fund uh, that marries the S&P 500 because your fees are going to be so ridiculously low. You're mm-hmm. talking probably 15 basis points or yeah. something, something very nominal. Um, and you're going to make seven some percent. Now, with that said, you work with a good manager or managed fund. As you, as markets start going down, they're going to help you do better yeah. in those environments. I think it's really what is your goal at the end, right? If you want to buy islands, you're not going to do that by just putting it in a savings account. Yeah, no. At the end, right? Um, but if you just want to retire and live happy and yeah. comfortable, that's, there's nothing wrong with just putting that money aside. Yeah. Um, and, and parking it in whatever U.S. Treasuries, whatever you want to put it in, uh, to keep you safe. Because you can't. One thing you can't pinpoint is when the next recession is going to come. You know, I'm sure everyone was rolling before 2008, yeah. and then all of them lost half their money or yeah. more, right? And if you were close to retirement, right about then, putting that money in that savings account probably looked like it was a smarter yeah. move, right? Yeah. So I, I think it just has to, you have to know where you are in your your retirement. You know, and become 40, educated too yeah. on, on like a pol- insurance policy, investment policies. Like I've learned so yeah. much just over reading the last couple of months about different policies. Yeah, you know when you're looking at all this, you just have to finish, make sure you understand the fees that are built in. You know, you got to sit down and talk to people who are licensed in this stuff mm-hmm. to give you better advice. Don't be afraid to ask the question. Than me, even like yeah. you know, um, for example, with the credit. You know, I, I invest mostly in bonds, mm-hmm. right? Because that's where we need. Things to kind of match up for duration, and and we have to be low low risk, mm-hmm. you know, for for that. But my own personal, as I've hit my goals, and now I know my retirement is set, um, I take more opportunities. And also sometimes I do things really to help people that that I admire, who are trying big things. So mm-hmm. I'll give you a guy, uh, Antoine Wade, um, is a is a young man that I met at Dwayne Wade's basketball camp, and you know they're cousins and. And we were just sitting down talking, and I just like the idea he had on this, on this deodorant. It's called Switch, um, where he was just showing me the landfills and like just how much bio, you know, just just waste we have out mm-hmm. there. If you look at how many deodorants people go through and throw away, mm-hmm. because there's got to be a way to build a refillable model, just mm-hmm. like the, what they're doing with razors and everything yeah. else. So he showed me the idea, and I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. And he said he was having some, wanted to get some investors. So you know what? I mean, and then I'll take a flyer and something yeah. like that, or one of my friends who just started another company here locally um, on these energy drinks because most of these energy drinks have too much um, sugar, sugar in them. So he has this new thing that actually tastes well, and my you know my family tried it; they actually liked it. Um, where you're actually uh, it's for right after you left, and it, and I I believe guys like yourself who have football players mm-hmm. and you coach, it's a better product. Yeah, for sure. So to me. Maybe I won't make anything with it. Maybe I'll lose all that. But yeah. at least I tried to do something that was going to help this 
you know, these young guys. Yeah. And it might not be this company. It might be the next company. But yeah. going through it, growing through it, um, I can take those personal chances, my wife and I, to support businesses like that. Um, and But with that said, you know, I have my 401k fully maxed yeah. out. My 450 fully maxed out a pension. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm working on my second pension because my That's last good. company had a pension. So when you look at it that way, I have the ability to take, take some more risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're waking up and you're 50, you know, I think sometimes they're trying to catch it all. Like, because they still want to retire at 60. Yeah. I think they need to be more realistic and say, well, how do I retire 65 yeah. now or 70 and have a great quality of life yeah. um, as well? For the next 15, 20 because, years. Because, again, when I told you, time is the way bigger opportunity Absolutely. of all that. I so. agree. Last question here. Yeah. How do you feel that like your job, your career, has made you a better person? Yeah, I did. I, I think it has. I, I, I think um, this job has forced me to become closer to my full potential. Um, I think I was ready to settle um, in the last job. I knew I could do that job for the rest of my life. I could be in my hometown. I could be with my parents and, um, and you know, and live well. Um, this job has forced me to think bigger. This job has forced me to do more in a community that I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. This job has forced me to um, try to elevate my game um, and be the best version of myself. And it's also challenged me to, to make my own personal motto bigger and you know, the one thing I want in my life is my, my own personal goal and agenda in life is that everyone I come in touch with um, that I have hopefully have helped them become a better person or reach the closer version of their full potential as well so that's why I do things like yeah. this with anyone who, who wants to do it and that's why I invest in these other companies that's why I sit and listen and meet with as many people who want to meet with me because um, my goal is to, to leave a mark and, and, and you know I want to make visions matter yeah. Um, I want to make my organization matter in this world. And my father would always tell me, son, you can't make things matter to people, right? And then after thinking about it, I was like, no, you can once I create a value, yeah. right? So if I just gave you, if I just give you this piece of paper mm -hmm. and say, here you go, paper means nothing to you, you can throw it away. But you if, do with it. right, but yeah. if I like wrote you down like the secret to life. Yeah. On it, that on has it, a lot of value to you know, it. Then all of a sudden, you're going to keep that paper. It's going to yeah. be valuable to you, you know. And I, I think that's, you know, I really, really think that that's important. Um, that you're striving to reach the best version of yourself yeah. as as a person, as a man, as a woman, um, as a leader, as a friend, as a family member. Um, we're going to fail sometimes, but at least if you start to buy a higher, you you still be above yeah. water when you fall. Absolutely. You know? So that's the best advice I can give you, Nick. You know? uh, appreciate it. Listen, guys, I think Ty and what he stands for, I think more people need to become familiar with that type of mindset uh, in terms of, you know, the first goal priority is to work on yourself, become mm -hmm. the best version of yourself. So in the long haul now, you know, you're 40, what did you say? 47. 47 years old. Now he's able to work. On other people yeah. and help other people Absolutely. so understand that right now to start on you focus on you put yourself in position for the future to better yourself so in the long haul you can start you know really implementing your way as on others to help them create a better a better life for themselves well that's my goal that's exactly what I'm trying to do at 23 years old is yeah. to help others put them in a position to you know obtain knowledge from gentlemen just such as yourself so um, if you guys really like this podcast, if you think it can, you know, help other people, if you can share some knowledge to other people, please share it, refer a friend, subscribe. I'm going to be putting it, I'm going to 
connect you on fa face Facebook or you have Facebook? Yeah, you know, Twitter is my best one if you okay. want to follow me from the organization standpoint. But like, yeah, tell know, them where they can follow you. So you know, so you got Tyrone Musin Y. Um, if you're looking on Twitter, and you, you it's the best place is where I probably put the most stuff out, and then also follow Visions. You know, Visions Federal Credit Union, uh, and I always tell people if you want to get a flavor of feel what Visions is about, uh, go out there and watch this video where I pretend to be a, a, a grocery bagger at a at a grocery store, um, and that <laughs> is what it's like is. to be me and work in our world and also be part of a credit union. I think you know you can still belong to a bank, but I hope you join a credit union as well wherever you live, just to have some uh, not for profit also on your side. But with that said, I'm real proud of this young brother. You know. You, uh, we've been hanging out for about three years. I yeah. actually let him cut my hair. Yeah. He's kind of passed me on other people because he's got so many people. But uh, he's always looked out for me. But we've always had real deep talks when he was in college. And I'm just proud of the man he's becoming. And, you know, you. this is a bigger thing. And this is what life's all about. To others, man. That passing it on, man. That's exactly passing, passing it on, on, helping other people. And in the long haul, everything will work out how uh, we're planning for it, too. Yeah. So, uh, hey, guys, thank you. Please uh, share this if you like it. Uh, Ty, always thank you, man. Appreciate time. you. Hey. Millennium movement out, right? I, 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 I.